forward to and something I can be excited about. Uh, I'm excited about him here now, but I'm excited about heaven, about seeing him. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. This is somewhat of a familiar passage. I think this is a lot of us are familiar with it. I have you, but I'm not sure that we always practice what it says. You know, you've heard me quote this, and I'm going to again here once or twice. Um, the Bible and James be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. And this is one of those passages that were given the example by Jesus. Now, sometimes I will look in the Bible for examples by other people, but our ultimate example is always Jesus and he laid this out exactly how it needed to be. I want to preach on is talking to the devil. Let's read our text and um, we'll get into this. In verse one, chapter four, Matthew's gospel. Everybody there? Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together and for this day that you have given us. Lord, I'm amazed sometimes at, Lord, how you provide for us and how you bless us, God, and the mercy and the grace that you show us. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for what you have done in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for where we live. God, this country has its problems, there's no doubt. But God, we still have freedoms here that no other country hardly has. And I thank you for that and I praise you for it. And God, I pray this evening that you help me, Lord, as I preach. Holy Spirit, I pray that you anoint me that you speak through me. God, forgive me for anything that I've done, any sin, any hindrance in me, Lord, that could hinder this message. I pray that you enter me myself. Forgive me for where I failed you. And God, please speak through me to these people, I pray. And God, will give you the thanks and the praise for it all. And Jesus, it's in your sweet and holy and precious name we pray. Amen. As I said, it's passages that I feel like that
sometimes it's talked about and if we're not careful we'll read over these type of passages and not really let the Bible speak to us because we're so familiar with it we talk about it a lot and I think this is one of them and in saying that there's a book that I've got I've bought a few copies of it I've got them away one or two of them just old and what have you, but it's written by A.W. Tozer. He's one of my more favorite authors. Now, he's an all-millennialist, but, um, but anyway, he uh, was an extremely, extremely intelligent man. Uh, and he preached and pastored a church in Chicago, and he's written many books. Those books are written to the devil. Evening. I'm going to preach what God gave me, but in saying that, um, I have learned through the years to try to do that. I don't always do it like I should, and I'll tell you things. I think there are certain areas that Satan attacks us extremely hard on, and I think this is one of them. And the reason being is because he knows it works. He'll tell you well, if you talk to me, who are you talking to? There's nobody there. Something funny. He's right there to tempt me and torment me. But when I go to quote Bible to him or talk back to him through the Bible, suddenly he's telling me there's just nobody there. And, and he wants you to feel like, a, I'm just going to go and say this, he wants to make you feel like a complete idiot and moron is why he tries to tell you and get you to feel like and think you are for talking back to him using the Bible. The reason why he fights that so hard is because he knows it works. I want to point out here just in a minute and, and this message will be I talk back to the devil or I could ask you do you talk back to the devil normally I would always tell you and God would tell you and especially to the kids I would caution you in talking back to people but this time you have full permission to talk right back to him and let him have it um, with my blessing the devil that is not God and not your parents I got two amens. Um, but anyway, the re- again, the reason fights us on it is because it works. Notice that Jesus here, he, he was still God. This is in the beginning of his ministry. Uh, he was still man. He was still God. He used the, the Bible same verses that are written to you and I, that you and I have access to, he used the exact same verses you and I can use today. He was tempted through the three avenues of sin that we read about in 1 John. Uh, For those of you that's been coming on Friday nights that abide, we've talked about that. The Bible tells us that sin comes through three avenues. Does anybody remember what those three avenues are? We should have them memorized, by the way. Lust of the, lust of the, and the pride of life. All temptations come through those three avenues. And Jesus told us how to win at those temptations when they come. Now sometimes it's like a temptation can come on you and it's all over you before you even know you're in it. And let me say something. Temptations come in all shapes, forms, and sizes, and colors. Folks, there's things you and I are tempted to do that we don't see it as a temptation. 
because we think it's just a part of life or a fact of who we are. I'm not preaching to any one particular or particular persons or anything. This was what God gave me today before I got here, before I knew anything about anybody. So talk to God. I wish more would have come back tonight, but they didn't, so it's okay. Uh, but we see here, notice what the Bible says is which Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Notice how it says that. You know, if you know, your Bible tells you in James that God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted to any man with evil. God did not tempt Jesus. He led him to be tempted of the devil. So sometimes God will lead us to be tempted by the devil. So why would he do that? Well, one, to grow strength, to get stronger in him and learn to use the Bible, learn to use the resources God has given us because until you grow as a Christian and learn to do these things, God cannot use you like he wants to and like he can until you get stronger in Holy Spirit and in his word. Because the more God does with you, the more God uses you, the bigger target you've got. Um, a kind of, I think, a decent example, if you'll allow me real quickly. In Vietnam, some of you may have heard this guy, that was a Marine sniper called Carlos Hatchcock. I'll get it right in a minute. Uh, he was nicknamed White Feather. In the 70s, he had a, I think it was a $1,500 bounty on his head by the North Vietnamese. He had, it, it, it's estimated there's at least 200 and some confirmed kills this man had in Vietnam, some very high-ranking soldiers that he took out of the North Vietnamese deep in enemy territory. And they were after him like nobody's business. There was a guy over in Iraq, in Afghanistan, about he spent most of his time in Iraq. He was a Navy SEAL called Chris Kyle. You may have seen the movie and heard his name. He had a major bounty on his head because he was putting the fear of God, so to speak, in the Al-Qaeda and in those soldiers that they had that were fight, we were fighting against over there. He was a sniper and he was taking them out left and right. And so they considered them some of their most prized uh, enemy to take out. And the more their popularity grew, the more they grew, the more the enemy was after them. The more you do for Jesus and the more you do for God, yes, the more the enemy will come after you. But let me, let me help you with that. Do you realize these two men and enemies I have watched and the one thing they said they wanted to do was save as many of their fellow soldiers as they could. They wanted to protect the American soldiers. They wanted to do all they could to help them. And they were saying, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help my fellow soldier. Do you understand the more you do for Jesus, the more you allow God to do through you, you are helping your fellow soldier. You're helping your fellow Christian and you're furthering the cause of Jesus. And imagine uh, when uh, everywhere these two men went, people recognized them, people honored them, they thought about them. And to think about it, when we stand for Jesus one day, I want to be honored by Jesus if no one else. We don't always see what we do here, the effects of it. I don't always see the results of the things I do, the time I spend, the prayer, the effort. Sometimes we see the results right away, but I want to be honored by God. 
and look at me and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. If I don't have hardly a thing to show for it, I want to please him to show for it. I want him to be pleased. I want him to be honored. So we're just now getting started. That was the end. So he was, he was tempted He was afterward hungered. Now, in case some harebrained, uh, burnout hippie tries to tell you that this ain't for real 40 days and 40 nights, it is. This is 40 days and 40 nights. Just what it says. He fasted that long. It said, when the tempter came to him, notice the Bible uses the word tempter. It didn't say Satan. It didn't say Lucifer. It didn't say adversary. It said the tempter because he was there to tempt him. Now this is who was there to tempt him, no doubt. But it's still the point is he comes to you to tempt you and to try to get you to do wrong, to try to get you to mess up. Let me move on. And he said, uh, and he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So number one, live by the word of God. We've got it complete. We have the canonized scriptures and it, through what time God decided that this would be the word that was brought together in one volume for you and I to have a handy carry around package not a bunch of scrolls that they had to carry around back in the Bible days thank God we don't have that could you imagine uh, go to scroll 15 you know, scroll down you know what that would be like I'll just get our scrolls out I guess we'd have things to hang them on and pull them. I don't know but anyway uh, we got a nice compact package and most of us, as I said this morning, don't spend time with it. People died to give you this Bible. Gave their life. And he gave us the formula to help fight against and defeat temptation and to talk back to the devil. When temptation comes, when trouble comes, this first one here is the of the eyes, I mean less of flesh because his flesh was hungry, he desired bread if I hadn't eaten in 40 days I'd probably be ready to eat a mud pie if you said it in front of me I mean, I'd never eat a grub worm but I bet I'd be willing to try one on that day but here he had the opportunity and realistically there was nothing wrong with Jesus taking uh, and, and turning rock into bread but the problem was he was tempted to do it at Satan's word you and I are tempted a lot of times to do things our way, the way we want them. And when I say temptation comes in many colors and forms, it's not just some kind of awful sensual sin. A lot of times, it's our selfishness. Our laziness. Our will. Because we want our way. We want our will. I don't want God's will. I don't want to do what's right. I don't want to do what God tells me. I want to do what I want to do. And that's how we look at him. And all along, Satan is sitting there encouraging you to do these things because he knows it's separating you from God and from, for sometimes from each other. Now understand, when he done these things and he came to Jesus, he didn't care how he got Jesus to sin necessarily, but anywhere he knew he was the weakest. 
No, I've heard, you heard me say this before. You think about it. Satan, you know, man, at your lowest state, in your most, I mean, you're, man, you're down, you're sick, you're beat up, you're hurting, you have nothing, you're empty, on and on and on. Sometimes some people have a little bit of mercy on you, even your enemies. That's when Satan kicked you the hardest. That's when he comes with everything he's got. Because he's got you down. He wants to finish you off. Understand, church, as a Christian, he hates your guts. He hates everything about you. And by doing this, by, by his hatred, it motivates him to try to discourage us and make us ineffective for God because he can't get us. He lost that. So now he wants to destroy us as who we are and what we are and he'll do his best to do that. And the only way that you can defeat him and defeat the temptation, defeat the sin, is talk back to him with the word of God. That's what works. Jesus gave us the example. He didn't look at Satan and say, by the power that I have, get away from me. He could have done that very easily. Do you know one of the angels looked at Satan one time and said, the Lord rebuked thee. He wasn't going to take him on. He said, but my father will sure take care of you. God will sure handle you. So here he gives us the example. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I want to challenge you all. Somebody find me where he quoted that from in the Old Testament, where he got that idea from. You want a homework assignment? There you go. Tell me where Jesus got these three verses from that he used. That's called Bible study. Most of you, if you have any kind of reference Bible at all, it's right there beside this verse, more than likely. That's how hard it is to study the Bible. He said, so we have, number one, we have the word of God. He said, then the devil taketh him up into a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus saith unto him, It is written again. Notice he used the words, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So here we have the pride of life. You and I, our pride wells up inside of us a lot of times. When things don't go our way. Into temptation somehow, whether it be somebody coming against us, whether it be problems at work, whether it be something that has gone wrong, something we don't want to do, somebody cut us off in traffic, uh, somebody bumped into you at Kroger's with the buggy and intentionally rammed into your car. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on about all these things that can happen. And listen, folks, a lot of times our pride is what swells up inside of us and Satan is right there to say, say something. Do something. You shouldn't take that. You shouldn't take that. There's times, no, there's some things maybe you can't take. But I'm here to tell you, most of the time, we yell at our pride, do the talking for us instead of the word of God. When we should look at Satan and talk back to him and say, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I would have to learn to get good at practicing asking God to forgive me. Yeah. 
I want to learn to get good at practicing preventing the forgiveness. Trying every now and then to get it right and say, Lord, thank you that you give me strength and you gave me the recipe, the avenue, the instructions, the example that I need to live by so that I don't sin against you. Hey, when's the last time you've talked back to the devil? Do you talk back to him? Or do you just roll over and let him kick you? You say, preacher, I don't know the Bible that good. Well, I just give you two verses you can use. Surely goodness, you can memorize them too. Uh, You know, it's amazing. Sometimes there's Bible verses that I try to memorize directly against a temptation. Now, your temptations may not be mine, mine may not be yours, but whether you want to admit it or not, we've all got them. But there's sometimes, and I've even said at times, I said I, I knew I was in trouble, and I said, Lord, your property's in trouble. You better come quick. And you know, even that alone helps. It's showing God that I'm trying to resist the temptation, and I'm trying to find the way of escape and get away from the temptation, and I'm asking for his help. But I had to choose to get his help from him, not try to do it in my strength or my willpower, but I chose to rely on Jesus Christ and his help. How many times do you do that? Do you talk back to the devil, or do you just let him win and accept defeat? Let me say this, and I'm, I'll move on to the third one. I've never seen, and I know every pastor that I talk to or hear from said they've never seen times like this. I know people that's been pastoring for 30, 40 years said it's never been harder to pastor in all their years of ministry than the last two years. Said it's been the most difficult two years they've ever had. I've seen more advancement in sin and, and, and anti-God in this country the last two or three years, and I thought I would, I knew we were getting bad, but I'm still amazed sometimes at just how the anti-God is getting, not in this country, but throughout the world. Do you know that the Royal Navy in, in Britain now are forcing their sailors to use pronouns? It's not just this country, folks. And see, that is the difference. One thing to look at it in time, it's worldwide. It's not just here. It's everywhere. Unfortunately, we usually lead the world in that area. But the greatest attack that I know is against a family like I have never seen. The first thing God instituted was the family. And I'm here to tell you, and you know this, I gotta look at somebody, but so goes the home, goes the church and goes the country. If the home is tore up and out of balance, the church will be tore up and out of balance. Hey, listen, it's not easy sometimes when I look to qualifications for a pastor and I say, ooh, 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 ooh. And I see areas I need to work on. My home must be in balance. Your home must be in balance. I don't know why I'm on this. Men, you're the head of the household. And my son is my friend, but I'm his dad first. If you don't believe me, ask him. My dad is is one of my best friends. In some ways, outside of my wife, probably is my best friend in a lot of ways, but he's still my dad first. 
And even though I'm 50 years old, there's still times what dad says still goes. I live under his roof. I pay my own bills most of the time. I get Bible. I can't. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. My dad, I still honor my dad. And there's times dad says, this is what I need you to do or this or that. And I say, yes. Because that's how it is. And you know what? Sometimes God says, this is how it is. And we're to say yes because he's God. Period. And I don't always like sometimes what God says, Brother Merle, occasionally. In the end, I am. I may not like it at that time, but thank God he said it when he did. Let me get the last one and I'm done. Do you talk back to the devil? Because he's sure talking to you. And if you don't learn to use this word of God to talk back to him, he will steamroll you all the time. He'll get your number. He'll figure out what works, how it works, and where it works. And he'll stab you just at the right time, the right way, at the right way, the right time. And man, he's got you brought. You're no longer interested in God. You're not interested in church. You're down and out. And all you want to do is die or get away. You got to talk back to him. Again, notice that word again. The devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and sheweth him all the kingdoms of the world. Let me get my bookmark fixed right here. And the glory of them. He didn't just show him the kingdoms of the world. He showed him the glory. In other words, he's saying, look, this is the best cities. This is the best kingdoms. And look how splendid they are. Let me put the, the, the whipped cream on top of the ice cream for you. I don't show this to just anybody. I'm only showing it to you. Has he ever talked to you like that? Tell you that God don't treat you like he does these other children? <laughs> he saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. Let me stop here for a minute. What you may not understand is Jesus did want those cities. He wanted that. Now think about this for a minute. You're talking about the one who took and spoke from nothing and created everything we see for his glory, his honor, for people to worship him. So don't you think he wanted that? Of course he wanted that. He made it for that reason. Created it for that reason. And so yes, he desired that. But God had a way for Jesus to get it and that wasn't it. That was a shortcut. A lot of times the devil will show you and I a shortcut to get to something that God wants to give us. Stiff ones. Then said Jesus, saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. This is so this is the pride or the lust of the eyes. We have the lust of the flesh, pride of life, and lust of the eyes. We have the word of God, we have the way of God, and we have the worship of God. You've got the word of God to teach you the way of God and encourage you to worship God. How often do you worship Him when you're alone? Do you praise Him? 
Worship is it's a message in itself. A lot of that is just being obedient. There's nothing wrong with praising him, lifting up your hands occasionally, shouting to his name, uh, his name up to him. If you can't do it alone, I'm quite certain you're not going to do it here. You say, well, I look stupid. Nobody's around but you and God and the devil. Who are you going to look stupid in front of? The devil? Do you care too much about what he thinks? I'll promise you, God's not going to laugh at you. If he does, it's okay. Nobody knows but you and God and Satan. And I begin to know I know how to praise God and I'm willing to. I want to talk back to him occasionally. I don't want to make him mad. I don't want to challenge him. Whatever you do, don't challenge him. That's good advice. You better take it. Because that's when God will roll the curtain back and say, okay, you think you're so high and mighty? There it is. And he will absolutely destroy your life in minutes. He did Job's. So here, we have the lust of the eyes. Sometimes there's things we see that we want. And sometimes they might be rightfully yours one day. But they're not at that time. If you're old enough to understand this, teenagers, I don't have to go into detail. You have one chance to keep a prized possession for your future spouse. One chance. When it's gone, it's gone. You'll never get it back. And if you say, I don't know what you're talking about, don't worry about it. For those of you that do, you know what I'm talking about. And the devil wants to do his best to get you to blow it. Because anything he can do to hurt you, he wants to do it. And he doesn't care what it is. He's not picky about what he uses. He's not picky about who he uses. He's not picky about how it takes place. He just wants to hurt you. And until you learn to recognize him and talk back to him, at times he will own you. You say, well, I'll ask God for help. God will give you help, but God expects us to do it. Amen. There's a choice you're going to make. You're going to choose to do what's right at times and turn away from the temptation, from the sin of whatever it may be. Or you're going to choose to test the waters and see if somehow the sin will turn out different this time than it did the last time. At best, it turns out worse. the same it's bad and I'm winding her down here do you talk back to him get on down the road somewhere leave somebody bother somebody else leave me for a while there been times I said I'm a child of God Satan your future is you're going to the lake of fire one day and you're going to burn for eternity and you'll never escape I'll be heaven with Jesus and I'm going to watch you get cast into hell. You know this and I know this. Now leave me alone. And you know what I do? Say it out loud because if I don't, it does no good. It's nowhere near as effective. Will it work in, in getting what I want? No, that's called lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It works to get him away from you so you and God can have communion and you can be right with God. That's what for. He wants to destroy you and I. And I think sometimes we 
fail to recognize this. We fail to recognize sometimes who the enemy is. I'm going to make a little quick point here and I'm, I'm done with this. I've said this before, nothing new. I've been an active member now of four different churches. Not that I got my them, I just felt like God told me it was time to move on. That was all. Nothing wrong. First church I was a member of, the church I got saved in, that's my call to preach him. Satan tried to turn me against people in that church. You know who the number one person tried to turn me against most of the time? Almost always. Can anybody guess? The pastor. Done his best to get me to get mad at the pastor. Find any fault I could find with him. There was faults with him, but he didn't give me the right to pick him out and sit there and needle him to death. The next church I became a member of, he'd done his best to separate me from other people. And you know who the one person was he'd done his best to separate me from? The pastor. Two different pastors. And he's done his best to get me to hate that pastor. I went to church for a while in between those first two. I didn't become a member of it, but I went there some. And, he, and you know, he tried to get me to dislike some of the people there and find fault in them. Become a member of the third church and uh, there were people there. It was a little bit different church. And as time went on, as I grew in the Lord, he added more people to the list. The second church, he tried to turn me against the pastor and someone else. Guess who else that was? Sometimes. But no. The deacons. You see the leadership of the church. He wants to do his best to get you mad at the leadership of the church and try to turn you against them. I became a member of this church and guess who he tried to turn me against? You can't say the pastor this time because I'm the pastor. Amen. Some leader, in all seriousness, he's tried to split me and this man and this lady right here up different times. He's told my wife lies about them and told me lies about them and told them lies about us. And there have been times I've had to go to both of these people and sit down and hold hard conversations. But the reason I did is because I knew if I didn't get it settled, there was division coming. And it wasn't going to just be washed away. And you know what I've discovered 90% of the time, maybe 100, is it was lies. He told you lies about me. He told you lies about me and me lies about you. He said this is what they said and this is what they meant. There wasn't a word of it true. And he still tries it. Do you know why? Because he wants to destroy this church. He wants to destroy me. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy them and anybody else he can. So if he's trying to turn me and them against each other, that tells me he's also doing the same between you and I. I'll get up and preach things and say things and the devil's right there in your ear saying, now look at him. He don't do that. 
You think he lives that way? He meant that in a sarcastic way. He's trying to make you mad. He's picking on you. He's pointing you out. How close, Sam? I know, baby. I agree with you. No, no, no. Of how I know he's lying to you about me and lying to me about you. See, you're not the only one that gets talked to by him. I do too. How easy it would be for me to get mad at so many people in this church and get up and just absolutely on one Sunday morning and just blast everybody here. Would that help? All I'd do is hurt. And you know where that would come from? The lust of the flesh. Because I lust to be treated this way or that way, respected like this, respected like that. Lust of the eyes, because everybody should be kind to me. And the pride of life, because I'm not going to take that. Wouldn't it be something if God, we woke up one morning and God said, you know what? Your grace has run out. I'm not taking that anymore. You're done. Father, we thank you again for this time together. God, I pray that what I have preached this evening has been appointed by you and not by me. God, you know what come on my heart. You know when you give it to me. And God, you know that I always try to preach what you give me and not point out people or things or what have you. God, you know the hearts of each one that are here and you know what's in each one's heart. I pray this message goes to the depth of the soul of whoever and everyone that needs to hear it, God, in certain ways and it helped them. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for this opportunity we've had to come together this evening to worship you. What an honor, what a privilege, Lord, we have. God, as I read that letter just a few minutes ago from India, from Help Ministries, God, of what's happening over there to the churches and the Christians. Thank you, Lord. We don't have that problem here yet. Thank you. And Lord, help us to recognize that and take advantage of what we have. In Jesus, your sweet and holy and precious name we pray. And amen.